when you've I have been a little... punching the wrong people in the face <laughs> and getting you down. Sake. For goodness sake. <laughs> he knows when, when you're playing bird. shitty. According to Olsen. <laughs> <laughs> That's Man, Greg was on fire. In 13 years, I've never been a part of what these last weeks have been like, and it's just shitty. Well, Christmas did not come early for the Panthers. They did not give their fans a gift anyway, but uh, we're still here. Merry Christmas, happy holidays. This is the Carolina Line. I'm Kelly Marty with two of the best to ever play the game in the trenches. Kevin Donnelly, 13 years on the offensive line. And Al Wallace, 10 years on the defensive line, guys. Good to be with you. Missed you last week. We Glad missed to be it. back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back. The Bahamas was great. I swam with some dolphins, which nice. was cool. Yeah. And uh, got to enjoy a lot of time. Uh, with my wife and with the team and just having fun and kind of celebrating a good year. But From the 49ers. Yes. Uh, you know, I see Charlotte Falls in the bowl game to Buffalo. Buffalo just, uh, they came ready to play and, yeah. and got the best of us that day, but still a great season. Yeah, yeah great season. Uh, great week. Great reward uh, for the team. Great reward uh, for everyone a part of that, that program, including myself. I contributed to the local yeah. economy. Congratulations, guys. My fair share of Bahamian local adult beverages. Nice. So, uh, my wife was there. We enjoyed it, man. What a what a great week. It didn't turn out. Uh, the result wasn't what we wanted, but we had a bunch of fun. It was a great resort. And then you get to come back and see this game put on performance put on by the Panthers up in Indianapolis and not paradise. Yeah, not man. welcome back. Welcome <laughs> back to uh, the real world. I was so I, I was feeling good Sunday too. I thought, you know what, this the Colts. They're not having a great year either. Yeah, and they got nothing to play for. You know, it weren't a ton of fans in the stands. It seemed kind of you know light there, so it wasn't gonna be a lot of crowd noise for, mm. for Will Greer to have to deal with. And same old Panthers showed up, yeah. you know, and different I think, quarterback, same result. Still yeah, lost and, and seven we'll, we'll get deep into the details and different things. But, uh, you know, overall, it was it was a disappointing performance once <laughs> again. And really, as we're looking forward, it's there'll be a lot of things that need to be addressed when the offseason does come around. Yes. Yeah. Bottom line, no matter no matter who you have back there, it could be Will Greer, it could be Cam Newton. If you don't fix the, the offensive line, it's going to be some problem. I think it's perfect timing for this show that we came together at the start of this season and decided to base the podcast on the offense and defensive line in Mm -hmm. that play. When we look back at this season, man, that's the storyline. The performance of the offense offensive line not being able to protect any quarterback that was back there and then Mm -hmm. the defensive line. Injuries on both sides, yes. But there are guys out there. They put them out there, young guys, veteran guys, the defensive line can't stop the run if you cannot do those two things in the nfl you're going to get swallowed up and spit out and uh we've watched that all season they they have to address that and we're going to get into the the off season and what things holes they need to fill offense and defensive line in the in the spirit of the holidays christmas right around the corner how about the naughty and nice list let's mm. start with naughty because that's more fun well were, I think... was there anything on sunday that you saw was kind of naughty <laughs> There's so much naughtiness out there. <laughs> There's coal and some stockings getting ready to happen. Oh, and yeah. I think A number one that we'd all point to is what was Vernon Butler thinking? Uh, you get blocked downfield. You know, the guy beats you. You go back, you play another play, but not for him. Nope. He gets so mad, he smacks the wrong guy, <laughs> gives the finger to the crowd, and, and takes a really long, extended walk to a locker room, which had to have just uh, that was so been long. embarrassing. Yeah, for him. on the road. That's the worst that it was on the road and he yeah. had to endure. Uh, the jeering of the crowd as he walks back, but 
Vernon Bust- Butler lost it. And we've all been there, been beaten, been frustrated. Um, you know, he's I mean, he's getting blocked five, six yards down the field and lost his composure there. And, you know, things like that not only cost you, obviously, the remainder of that game with one game left. I don't think we're going to see Vernon Butler. But bigger picture, I'm not sure if we're going to see him again. He has not lived up to expectations. That big body, that type of talent – uh, where he was drafted for the Carolina Panthers, he has not produced. Uh, the, the the return on that draft pick has not come. So he's one of those guys that are going to go through major evaluation. And you heard Perry Few continue to say it. We're going to take a look at him. He just doesn't mean should we suspend him for the last game. I think they're going to evaluate whether or not he represents the type of football player and character they want as a Carolina Panther. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, with him – it's just been ample opportunities, four years now, yeah. and he is what he is. And maybe he needs a fresh start somewhere else, and that would help uh, rejuvenate his career. But for now, it just doesn't seem like he can be a consistent performer. And really, you know, his stats are better this year. He's got more sacks than he's ever Six. had. But mm-hmm. they had to play him, you know, mm-hmm. in, in place of, you know, with having uh, k Hurt and uh, then Poe going down. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just lean on numbers. He's has to play a whole lot more reps. Yeah. And, um you know, you need someone that's just that's a consistent force in there, especially against the run. And, you know, I don't know if it's too many guys trying to get after sacks or, or the defensive scheme. Actually, it's it's, pro- it's a lot of things. You can't put your finger on one thing. But that defensive line, um, really, it's it's just been a failure all season long. And I think the combination of moving to a more multiple defense and incorporating a 3-4, it's – made the defense suffer, and especially Luke Keekley and, and that run defense. Yeah, when I look at it, I'm looking at technique <clears throat> and whether or not those defensive linemen are using their hands, if they're playing uh, with violence and shooting their hands and not just leaning or shooting gaps. And I go back to it all the time. It's a bunch of gap players. They're shooting gaps. Some of the scheme dictates that they they move and they exchange gaps. But for the most part, if we're going to just look at Butler, it's just too high. It's leverage. He's 320, maybe 330 pounds. Um, but when you're trying to swim over the top of a drive block or reach block, your pad level is going to get too high. That low man is going to win. He's going to walk you down the field. And that's what we saw, um, you know, when he we got kicked out of the game. A guy underneath his pad level, hands inside, and just taking him for a ride. That's happened too often in this defense. And it's not just Butler. There's a lot of guys. And it takes a different type of athlete, a different type of D-tackle to play with that violence inside that full uh, phone booth and to use his hands to shock that that blocker and to hold that point, to sit down and have a good base. Those guys aren't doing it. And, man, the, the I take my eyes from that defensive line straight to the linebackers. Luke Keekley is so frustrated. He's playing with his own guys in his lap. He doesn't know if he's supposed to, you know, run front side or go underneath. He doesn't know what he's doing, and it's made him look like a pretty average football player. Mm-hmm. Now, he's going to make a million tackles. Never never going to do that. He's a football player. Uh, he's a magnet. But what he can't do now is know his responsibility, see ball, hit ball, because he's trying to avoid his own guys yeah. and then deal with blockers as well. Well, and it's not just the guys up front. I saw several times where secondaries coming down yes. to try to help out, and I don't know if it was Eric Reed. Uh, I think it was him coming in to try and make a tackle, kind of gets in Luke's way, and almost it looks like he's blocking Luke. 
because suddenly the, the running back comes out the other side and, and Eric Reed had hit Luke there. Like Eric Reed put a screen on Luke. It's exactly Basically. what happened. Yeah. And you're watching it and you're like, God, we just can't get right with where guys are needing to fit. And I, I, I don't think you can put it all on the players. I think that obviously it's just not been in sync from day one right. what they were trying to do defensively. I, I think that um, when you're going into a year where you're trying to shake things up and you know – uh, that it could possibly be a year where things, if things go to form and Cam Newton was healthy, yeah, there's some really good things ahead of you. But mm-hmm. um, it's just got started to get really exposed once he went down. And um, but there's other guys we got to add to the naughty list. Like it's not just it's not just Big Vern. Uh, probably a guy that will sit on the bench. Got some <laughs> special teams play. How about Dante Jackson? Yeah, Fine. I mean who? What a what a fall. <laughs> I mean. This this guy, wow. I, I keep going back to the, I think the interception may have been the Titans where he just levitates. He's up in the air. He intercepts Arizona, a pass. Maybe. Yeah, early early in the season, Arizona. Uh, so talented. Um, the closing speed, um, the swagger that you love in a quarterback, that moxie, that confidence that, is he, that he has. You love that in that guy. But when it comes to production, he has not produced. I mean, he's been beaten in coverage. He's been confused on responsibilities. And then he's been awful tackling. So he gets benched. You know, high draft pick from last year. This guy gets benched for Ross Cockrell, who is a journeyman, Mm -hmm. who is not going to make mistakes, who is, you know, average speed, a decent football player, but he's not as talented as Dante. And they've shown that, hey, we're going to go with the guy that is disciplined. We're not going to have to worry about if he's going to be rogue in the coverage, if he's going to do his own thing. And if he's going to worry about whether or not we put him in the best situation, he's going to compete. And that's what you get out of Ross Cockrell. And we saw it yesterday. Not perfect, but he goes out there and competes. And I believe if John Dante is out there on some of the plays, I remember one, he pushes the, the running back out of bounds, uh, just competed for that tackle. I, Dante may whiff on that. I think there's mm-hmm. a different, a worse outcome if, if Dante's out there. And yeah, they already Con- said Conkle they're going to made a heck of a play yeah. um, stopping on the fourth down yes. and just using yeah, his body right position at a, right yes. a good angle. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a heck of a play. But you're yep. right. Uh, you don't know if Dante makes that play. Don't know. That, and, and that's the hard part, right? You don't When you don't know what a guy is going to do, it's just trust. That's what happens in any relationship. Can I trust you to do the job I'm sending you out there to do? They don't know. They've already named Cockrell the starter going into the final week of the season. It's going to be some heavy evaluation, especially with new coaching staff coming in, uh, some new front office personnel. I don't know if it's going to be a GM or assistant GM or what it's going to be, but these guys are all under the microscope. And those comments Dante made a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Calling out watched. the coaching staff. Now that microscope. I mean, they dialed it up a notch. We're going to watch everything. Oh, that was a thousand times magnification. That's right. It's all on him. And he has not looked great. And it's a shame to see guys with that type of talent um, just underachieve. And that's probably the signature of this football team. (laughs) On paper, they look like champs. And they've come up short. Very, very short. All right. Very so short. We, we've picked on defense we, a little bit. What's on. what's the naughty me, on the offense? Let me ask this about Dante. What can he do? He's in the doghouse. What can he do? Can he do anything right now? Or is there anything to do? Listen. With one game left. Yeah. He needs to listen. Right. I think I if you're he telling can, me to listen. No. <laughs> I think if he can go out there and listen and take some coaching, take some criticism, and we saw a glimpse of that, you know, early, uh, I think, when the Amazon deal mm-hmm. came out. And he did not like being criticized. He thought it was not a true uh, picture of who he was. Well, 
I think he's proved mm. otherwise. You, you got to earn it. You got to earn it in this league. You got to earn it. Yeah. And I don't care if you went to DBU and, and you're the next I chosen think, guy with the 4-2 speed. You got to listen. Listen to the veteran guys. Yeah, 4-2 speed doesn't do anything sitting on the bench. Nothing. Well, and, you know, the way they treated um, Josh Norman, I think, can be comparable to this situation where, you know, making some mistakes really early on and, and benching him. And just having to earn his way back, and then the teammates build trust in that, and the coaches build trust, and then suddenly, you know, for what the scheme they were running, they he was a great impact player yeah. for the Panthers, and it's going to be a similar road for him now. And he created, you got to you know reap what you sow. This is what he's laid out for himself, so he's he's definitely going to be on this roster next year. I don't I don't think he's a bad person or a bad guy. He just is going through a bad period of, of time with him and his, I'm sure his confidence is down. And when that happens, sometimes you lash out and you do these kind of things and you just got to rebuild your confidence by getting the work in and learning just to learn. Yeah. Cause a DB without a, a DB without confidence, what is that? You know, that's no. not a good DB. That's, that's yeah, that's bad. And I was yeah. thinking about Josh Norman because, but he had different people um, above him leading him. Like you said, that's what veterans. I'm getting ready to say. Yeah. Steve Wilkes, Rivera was here. It was a different – now everything's just kind of chaotic. But yeah. veterans can can help that. There, there's ahead. some good coaches you know. walked out the door over the years yeah. here with Sean McDermott and Wilkes, and you keep depleting the staff. You know, it's just a trickle-down effect. Yeah, and then Ron Rivera, the top of the food chain, right. he's out of the door. And we've seen, like, more undisciplined play over the last two or three weeks than I've seen yeah. in 10 years. Yeah. And it's because that guy who they had that much, that tremendous amount of respect as a coach and a player in this league is out of the door. I'm not saying they have a lack of respect for Perry Few, but like you're saying, Kevin, it takes time to earn that. Just because they give you the title of interim coach, he's he's not even been here a year. So, you know, that, that type of respect is earned, and I, I think this is really – hurt this football team. I go back to that entire unit because I'm a defensive guy. Who who are my leaders? Who are my snatch-you-up-by-the-collar leaders? Who are guys, not that you necessarily feared, but you respected enough to shut up and listen. And I think Luke leads in his own way. I mean, he's a raging maniac on game day. I don't know what he looks like in, in the meeting rooms uh, during the week. Trey Boston's a guy I know that will say something if mm-hmm. needs be, but I still don't think Play-wise, he's earned the level of respect that he's revered by a guy with so much confidence, big personality like Dante Jackson, that he's actually going to listen. Thomas Davis. Yeah, Reed's not going to – I always go back to TD. I I mean, obviously I have love for him, playing with him. But Thomas Davis was the guy that when he talked, they listened. Didn't matter if it was the defensive back group or the D-line group. They don't have that type of player on the team. Luke is a great leader, but he wasn't a Thomas Davis kind of guy that garnered that type of instant respect wherever he went. Offense, defense, everybody in the building, they they sorely miss some of those leaders. Yeah. Well, let's finish off some naughty things. Uh, on offense, naughty, I think it's the center, Matt Paradis. He came in and has paid a lot of money for him and – and there were some high expectations because he played well in Denver. He yeah. really had some good grades, and um, I watched him on film. And I've just not seen that translate to the Carolina Panthers yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it can't get there, but for this season, you know, you expect him not only to carry his weight, but also help out some guys around him when you're that kind of a high-profile player that was signed to a big contract in free agency. And, um, you know, again, he's, he's a quiet guy. He's not a big leader guy. It doesn't seem like yelling or anything like that, but – uh, there's too many freak, too many times where he's getting pushed back, 
whiffing on guys, missing on guys, pressure right up the middle. When you've got a young tackle playing out there, and it's been a you know rotating, do- you know revolving yeah. door basically at left tackle yes. this season. Um, when you have that kind of inconsistency, you you got to you know it's one of those things you don't know what you lose until he's gone. And Ryan Khalil's just been sorely missed. Yeah, I, I feel like he's he was the center ever since you know. I was here when he was drafted, but I mean, he's always just been that, that center, that man in the middle, that leader that can just guide that line. And man, miss it. Paradise has just been, been pushed around. See, one thing about free agency for me is that guys have a lot of success with the Denver Broncos, with whatever team you're with, right? right? There's a specific scheme and this blocking techniques that you learn there and you have success in that scheme. System. Mm-hmm. So when you come to a different system and the offense is different, it requires different blocking techniques than you're accustomed to, you get exposed a little bit. And for me, I just think he's getting pushed around. It may not be technique and effort. I think he's getting himself in the right spot. But man on man, he's gotten whooped more times. Just just the guy's bigger and stronger, more physical than Paradis. I don't think you can have that. I think you should be able to overcome that with some of the the, the skate scheme, uh, the offensive calls, and and then some fight. I mean, it, it's the same thing. Offense and defensive side of the ball, it just looks soft to me. It just doesn't look competitive where it counts. Where it's down, knuckles on the ground, and you just you got to man up. It's mm-hmm. about effort and energy, and just wanting to whoop the guy across from you. We're losing too many of those battles. When you talk about free agents and when they come to a new team, is there a, any position that may work slide in transition easier besides a kicker? Um, I think wide receiver, right? Okay. There's a route tree, and we, we went over that. We broke that down, what those routes are. I think if you can run routes for those skill position guys, it's all about understanding the new language of the, the timing. offense. Mm-hmm. The timing with the quarterback and understanding where that quarterback expects you to sit down and uh, break that route off and understanding the calls and the motion. So it's about just learning basically a new language. Right. Running a route, catching the ball. I mean, defensive end is another thing for me unless you're going to a 4-3 and a 3-4 scheme. I'm not a 3-4 body. I'm never going to – I'm not going to do what F.A. Obata has done and bulk up 20 pounds and play D-tackle. Just not going to do it. I'm a 4-3, put me on the five technique or nine outside shoulder of an offensive player and let me go. If I'm covered up, I'm getting rolled out of there. Mm. It's not effort and technique. It's not – it's just not – I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in that box. I want to be on an edge where I have the speed and athleticism advantage. So – those types of players, too, I think you can throw them out there. And we've seen the transition with Burns and some of those guys. They put them on the edge and let them go, whether it's the 3-4 uh, standing up or 4-3 hand in the ground as a, a, def- a true defensive end. I think that works well. But some of the some of the other positions, they really struggle because it's scheme dependent. And I'll say this. You brought up free agency and the fit. Like – Free agency is great for the players, and it really helps drive salaries up. And these guys are putting their bodies on the line. Saying that, I don't like to go. I I don't like going out at, and getting free agents that you're counting on to be big time players or stars on your team. To me, it's strictly it's to fill needs. It's to get backup positions. If you need a, a solid starter, maybe to to be up there for a while while a young guy develops. Um, 
you can't break the bank on some of these guys. You got to build through the draft and you got to nail it. You got to nail the draft. That's where you get your starters from. That talent comes through. You drafted them for a reason because it fits your scheme. You like, you've investigated them. You know what kind of players they are and what they're going to bring to the locker room. And you have that choice. Free agency, usually these guys in free agency, there's some kind of baggage that they have if a team lets them go. Because if they're a player that checks a lot of boxes, they're a great player, great leader in the locker room, a high character guy, you know, they're, they're sold out for their team. Teams find a way to keep those yeah. guys. Or they just franchise tag them and they keep those guys. And the ones that walk, usually it's they're not a team guy. Um, they, they perform great on Sundays, but sooner or later they're going to let you down in some instance. Um, you know, with the Broncos, they – you know, they could have easily kept Paradis, but I, I feel like with the injury situation and maybe they knew something that, that the Panthers didn't know. And sometimes when you're trying to put a team together, you have this wishful thinking and this optimism that, you know, you can change a player, get the best out of them. And coaches have a, big egos. Mm-hmm. Well, he wasn't su- successful there, but you know what? I can get the best of them. And you see it frequently with quarterbacks. Yeah. And they're the ones that, that more oftentimes let you down than really help you. Um, coaches so feel tough. like they can salvage a quarterback. Like all coaches are that arrogant. Like, yeah, I can the quarterback I know, whispers. Yeah, I know that that thing that he's missing. I, I got it. I can I can fix that. It, you're right, Kevin. It's it is that one thing that no one's paying attention to. It's off name recognition and what have you done in the past versus what you can do moving forward. I'll just point to this team and a guy that was a huge free agent pickup for us in Gerald McCoy and we're thinking man you put him next to KK like we're, we're got it this, mm-hmm. this defense is going to be solid now he's been a good like he's had a good year mm-hmm. he's actually performed better than I expected him to play but think about what he left you thought that left a hole in Tampa Bay absolutely not they're the number one ranked rush defense in the league. Ask Christian McCaffrey. If he's had two <laughs> games that's true. where he's not looked like Superman, it's been the two games yeah, against the true. Tampa Bay Bucks. So Just those two. Everybody else he's made look silly. Mm-hmm. I mean, he makes everybody look silly. They knew they had Shaq Barrett came over in free agency, right. filled that need, um, and they were going to get Pierre Paul back. Put those two out there. They're racking up the sacks. I mean, they probably have 25 sacks between the two. I know Shaq Barrett was leading the league and – uh, yeah, earlier, early on. And, yep. then, and then Chandler Jones had a day and is, had 19 and a half now to lead the league. But Shaq Barrett's up around 17, 18 sacks. Tampa, that did three. not leave a hole. Yes, they are 4 3. So that's where he came team. from. Mm-hmm. And well, that was better for his skill set. Okay, so we don't want to get away from this. We, there's got to be some good presence for some nice players sure. on this team. So. We all agree that the nicest gift should be for Christian McCaffrey. Of course. The biggest, okay. we, the biggest shiniest gift. We, we don't have to read With the prettiest what are, bow on What top. are some other ones? And I'll, I'll throw one out you might not think of, but he had a rough game Sunday. But, man, I love the I love the kid, and he's not complained, and he's just trying to do the best that he can. And I'm talking about six-round draft choice, Dennis Daly. Mm-hmm. Bless his heart. Left just tackle is one of the hardest positions to play. Yeah. Then come in as a rookie, and you're pick six because in the sixth round, there, there's some rawness to you. There's potential there, but you need to, to be developed. Right. He never got that opportunity. Because he was thrown right And he's just right being in. thrown out there. And then with Greg Van Roten getting hurt, it's not like he's getting a lot of help from Daryl Williams, um, who's you know trying to come back from knee injury and uh, last year, a major knee injury. So, to me, I just, I just love that he keeps battling. I mean, he's trying his best. And, and he really you is. have to love it because, I mean, he gets beat, 
and you know he's going to get beat. He's a rookie. These veteran pass rushers are going to set him up. They're going to start working those moves early in the game. You see him start to pay off late. Uh, he's getting bull rushed. He hasn't had an offseason to get into a pro system where he's heavy into the weights and, and shaping and molding his body for what he now knows that he needs to do. Mm-hmm. He has a better understanding of what it takes to play left tackle in the NFL. And I don't think that was his mindset coming in. I'm going to be a guard. I, I guarantee you he thought it was going to be an offensive guard, a guy who can swing out there, but he's end up being the starting left tackle for this team for the majority of the year. I really like this kid. Um, Greg Little hasn't played as much, but when you talk about daily – it's invaluable. It was in the fire. It didn't look pretty, but he's gonna he's gonna and take he's had this. Some good this, games. this off season is gonna be awesome. For it's him. not all bad. I no. mean, there's been no. some really good it's games really for good him sometimes. and some good reps. And um, Al knows this. It's sometimes when you're early in the league and trying to learn, most of your learning comes from okay, I better not do that again because yeah. you failed. <laughs> yeah. And you, sometimes you need that hardcore life lesson. You, a coach telling you to do it a certain way or watching it on film. You think you got it figured out or you, you think you know what you're doing and sometimes you just got to go out there and, and just get beat before you can succeed. And yeah. certain positions are like that. And, and offensive linemen and D linemen, I think, are the biggest ones and then quarterbacks also in that realm. Well, you think he must have learned a lot of lessons this year of what not to do and just how valuable is this experience? Because, I mean, just think a couple years down the line. I mean, he's, he's getting beat. He's learning these lessons. He's showing his toughness. It can only get – better and this experience can only help him grow it will and like i'm going to preface this like don't get me wrong i'm just just doing a comparison here jordan gross young guy julius peppers young guy think about burns and daily or little throw little out there too the reps are going to get against one another in practice over the over the years and then both kind of being thrown out there now, you're talking about two potential Hall of Famers in Gross and, mm-hmm. and Peppers, but these young guys have that type of talent. I think they're only going to get better, and they're going to make each other better. You know, I think how they got better. Peppers was with a very good defensive line with you know you and Rucker guys. and Buckner. Mm-hmm. Like Those other positions were nailed. They were solid. Yeah. You knew going into camp who the starters were going to be. And Gross, it was the same way with um, – you know, between myself, Mitchell, Geno James, and Todd Stucey, there's like 30 years of experience mm-hmm. there that he could draw on from that meeting. It wasn't musical chairs in, mm-hmm. on the offensive yeah. line. You know, it makes it's it tough. Trey Turner was out a bunch some of this season, and uh, obviously Greg Van Roten got hurt. Daryl Williams has been, you know, having to play all over the place, yeah. and that's not really fair to him. And coming back from the injury, so it's it's just been this musical chairs. And it, you know, the best thing that we had in 2003 going for us was just. Jeff Mitchell with missed one start, and then the rest of us started every single game and never missed a play. Consistency. Consistency. It's just being available and yeah. being there. And, you know, with Daly, he missed a couple games here and there with some minor issues, but at least he hasn't called it quits. And yeah. there's a lot of dudes that get banged up that suddenly <laughs> don't back come to work. back. Yeah, man, they yeah. throw in the flag. You don't see it, but you know yeah. they're kind of checking out, like, You're especially on a tough season. Yep. yep. You're saying, does it hurt how you feel? Huh, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> not, that's... not 100%. Got to string it out like that. I'll I'll go on the offensive side. Second-year guy, since we're talking about injuries, they lost him early in this game. That's DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. And what he's been able to do in his second year yeah. um, as a pro. Great route runner. Great after the catch. Extremely physical runner. 
uh, when he has the ball in his hands. And I know that he, you know, he feels a little snub with the Pro Bowl. He was fourth in receptions going into this football game this week in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Just didn't make the Pro Bowl. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a lot of it has to do with this team and, and not winning. And maybe his personality, not being that typical diva wide receiver, exactly. where you're, he's, he's going to be he's loud. As far he's away from Michael he's Thomas and as he could be. Odell Beckham, and yeah, I mean he's he's not your typical he's wide receiver. He's just going to do his job, man. He's going to do a great assassin. job and, and kill like you. The Bradbury, yeah, uh, you know, on, on the defense, right? Yeah. So he's my guy that you know on the good list, and you have to you know take your hat off to what he's been able to do in his second year and you know you always get nervous about that sophomore slump how is he going to respond and we forget that he's doing this you know again with backup quarterback three maybe three yeah three quarterbacks this season that's throwing him the ball so he said he was used to that because his last year of college at Maryland, I Trust think he had three me, quarterbacks. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one year they have a, a, a linebacker. <laughs> Maybe like that's why he excelled because yeah. you're exactly right. That yep. that senior year had different quarterbacks. Adjusts. Oh, my gosh. He does a great job of adjusting to whatever they, they throw at him, and he's – He's quiet about it. He just goes to work, and I, and I love it. I know I'm a Maryland guy, obviously rooting for him, but he's been fantastic. Yeah, that was I tough hate to see him, him get hurt. Yeah. yeah, concussion protocol. And you know he was a big part of that game plan going yeah. in. So yeah, and yeah. losing him early was big, big and that's tough. that was a big loss for for Will Greer. Mm-hmm. You know, having that go to guy that that can make some plays for you, and then you know having him out early in that game was tough. Um, Another you know, guy we, on offense. Can we get to Greg Olson? Yeah, I, I was going to say Olson because. He's just a fighter and a competitor, and, and a football you know, player, man. Like the best I love game Greg Olson. form or whatever, but or the best season Dude. in a lot of regards. But him coming out and just laying it all on the line in the locker room and just calling himself out, yeah. The players, the coaches, even it felt like management and owners, yeah. That you know, collectively, this is all on us, and we played like poo. You know, he used another word, a collective <laughs> failure, and yeah. but it was you know, and, and then calling out. What's the plan? Is it develop the future? Is it trying to win games late here? He was basically saying, obviously, we're tanking, and this is what it looks like, but from a way that we're not tanking. I mean, that's what I took from it. It's just it's hard to stomach. We we understand how much goes into it. I think Greg Olson also understands his NFL mortality and where he is. And no veteran wants to suffer through you know, let's try to get that eighth pick in the draft. No one wants to do that because the time is so precious and it's so limited. And yeah, his future is bright. We're going to be hearing Greg Olson's voice for years to come in broadcasting, but he is a competitor. He wants to play football. You think about everything he's endured to get back out there. This is the last thing he wants. And right now, I think what upset him is that it's not competitive and it's mistakes. Or, or and it's respectable. Re- right. That's what he said. He said, we've always loss. been respectable, yeah. and that's no longer the case. You can beat me, but I can't just go out there and lay down. That's right. unacceptable for, like it, for it, a competitor. It, it, at times, it looked Bengals bad. You know, it Oof. looked, you know, the classic team, Browns over the years bad. You know, it's it, it, it didn't look like a team that was on the same page. Right. You know, there's just really disjointed and no rhythm to it and – I think it was unfortunate that, you know, we can start talking a little bit about Will Greer and, and obviously his first start and the impact that he made. He has all this to deal with. And Olsen said that. He's like, he said, yeah, I, I, I feel bad. Fair. It wasn't he fair to Will chance. Greer. Yeah. No chance. And, um, you know, it's you know, the offensive line at times really, you know, five sacks in the game, a lot of pressure. 
Uh, and I, I just thought, overall, my opinion, it may be different from you guys. I was really happy with Will Greer. There were some decisions I wish he didn't make, but that's part of the process. And we said sometimes you got to make those bad choices Mm -hmm. before you learn what the right ones are. And I think this is a really important week for him because that was 44 reps. 44 reps he got to throw the football. Good reps. Completed 62% of it, which like Kyler Murray in his first start, 51% I think he completed. So I'm not saying they're the same guy, but it's just rookies have problems in their first starts. It's not all sunshine and roses. Um, (laughs) Or rainbows. Butterflies. Yeah, so – but – he got the ball out of his hands as quick as he could at different times. Uh, I liked particularly how he moved in through the ball. I think mm-hmm. he does that better than Kyle Allen. When Kyle's in the pocket and moves up in the pocket, he's really good with his throws and accuracy. With Will Greer, um, you know, we didn't get to see a lot of chance to step up in the pocket because right. their pocket was collapsing constantly around him. Uh, but when he did move out, he picked really nice alleys to get out in and kept his eyes downfield. And then a couple times – he just decided to run just like that and was no hesitation. Let's just get the first down, live to play another day. And it, it wasn't a lot of thinking. Um, so I like that aspect of it. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised because after the preseason, I'm thinking, man, Will Greer, it's too big for him. He's not ready mentally. Uh, the game, his understanding of the playbook didn't look like he was ready. But the Will Greer I saw yesterday was the same guy I watched in West Virginia. Just has a little gunslinger in him. Enough athleticism to break free of the pocket when he has to, and enough of a calming presence to to sit in there when he had to. Now you look at some of the throws, and I, I can't remember who put out the status. So I'll give credit, but I think out of the forty four passes, <clears throat> twenty five of those are under duress. Like he's not, both feet aren't planted in that pocket mm-hmm. where he gets to step through a throw. So it's a tough day for Will Greer. But I'm like Kevin, I really enjoy watching him, and I don't mind the three interceptions just because I understand that's part of the growth process. You can't read and, and dissect those coverages and uh, some of the things they're trying to make you think you see and the speed of the game and the breaks and that window is not as big as you think in the NFL. You can't force it in there. So I thought that uh, we, we saw a guy who was learning on the job, like we talked about. Totally learning on the job. And uh, he's going to be better for it. I think he did a great job, and I'm excited to see him against this New Orleans Saints uh, defense. Yeah, I, I just can't imagine getting out there. This is your first NFL game because you have gotten no reps hardly all season mm-hmm. long with the ones. And, okay, this week you're starting, and here we go on the road. My first start, I couldn't believe how fast the game was. It was nothing like preseason. um, And, you know, you adjust to it, you go with the flow, but so much after the fact, um, you just need that time out there for things to slow down for you. So it's going to take some time for him, but... I was just glad he never looked rattled right. to me. He didn't. Like he didn't That's look my favorite part. And I got it. too yeah. big for him. And what I would have liked to see, uh, maybe you can comment on this, is some of the Cam Newton offense I think could have been effective with Will Greer because in, in college they ran some zone reads and some different things mm-hmm. where he had the choice to run it, keep it, hand it off, put a strain on that defensive end and open up some opportunities. I know it was a short week to prepare when they named it to the starter and they have not done that all year long, so I get it. But – when you're at a point reaching for straws just to try and get a win anyhow, yeah. any way you can, I would have liked maybe one or two plays like that. Zone read um, plays. But, you know, and that's part of the, the coaching part of it. And, you know, maybe they'll dial some up this week. You don't know. Yeah, Shoot, I wouldn't be Shittle shocked. Scott yeah. Turner a text. I wouldn't be hey, shocked Scotty. if we see it because he is athletic, 
athletic enough to do it. Um, just think about Josh Allen, what they're doing in Buffalo. He's a guy, even Mitch Trubisky, they're running him quite a bit in Chicago. I think, you know, I think Will Greer's athletic enough where you can make teams pay if you decide to pull it. And I think he's confident enough in doing it because he did it at West Virginia that he's going to be capable of making a great read on, on those plays and pulling it and gaining some he, yards. He does have a nice slide. Yeah. Yeah. Pops you know, up. It took a while for Cam to learn that. Yeah. It's not it's not an easy thing to and do when you apparently did, like, in the good league. Good job, Cam. Good <laughs> job. Cam's always going for those extra two yards with Well, his head. and you know, some guys said, you know, he did pile up over two hundred yards of passing and a lot of them were check downs to McCaffrey. But I'll say this, I think there's several times he didn't throw to McCaffrey when he should have. I think that's your best weapon right now. He gets open and when he's not, you know, clearly Maybe he's guarded or whatever. You still get the ball in his hands. How many times do you see him slip multiple guys and make guys look ridiculous yes, that are great players? Catch, uh, you know, gain after a two-yard catch. Exactly. He's fantastic. He's ridiculous. I mean, he, he caught a couple near the sideline that I'm thinking he's going to get pushed out immediately and somehow squirts 10 yards yeah. up the, the sideline to get first downs. And that's what blew me away. Um, you know, near the goal line when he took a sack late in that game, Christian was open, and I feel like – he was just trying to spread the ball around, like trying to be the nice guy and get oh, other people involved. Yeah. And I don't think we have a wide receiver crew that that's going to complain after the game. I'm not getting the ball. I'm not getting the ball. No. I mean, we've not seen that from anyone this year. You got guys like Hogan and Wright and DJ and <laughs> Samuel. Used to not they're, getting the they're, ball. <laughs> they're, they're great guys. Like yeah. they're not that's a complainer, a good right? And if 20 throws went to Christian, I'd have been cool with that because um, that's the guys making plays. It's until someone finds a way to stop them, keep feeding them. And yeah. I'll tease this: I got a little. You did have 15 I cooked catches. up a little Christmas song. Uh, with a Christian McCaffrey theme to it, Ooh, um, nice. well, you know, at the end of the show, I'll let it yeah. go. I, I kind of whipped it I up really wait. quick, but it, it's going to be fun. Will yeah. Greer is a is a vertical passer. That's what he's used to. That's what he did at West Virginia, and you saw him take a couple shots. Now they second came play, up, second play. Yeah, they, they, you know, Jerry right. right, a little overthrow. Uh, you know, Curtis Samuel. It, it's it's a practice. It's the timing with the ones. So he's not quite sure how much to put on that ball. You know, how fast the guy, that fifth gear those guys are going to hit once the ball is in the air. But, man, he can throw it. Now, Kyle Allen has a big arm, too. He can get it down the field. But we've seen so many of those. If you're Curtis Samuel, man, you have to – what do I have to do to get one of these deep balls? Because yeah. it just has not worked out for him. The speed, He's been, we have the speed, yeah, finally. The Panthers the have the speed. But uh, we can't well, even get, get him the ball. And the flip – the other half to that is got to get protection to throw deep. And, um, you know, it, we saw that, you know, they're playing the Saints this weekend. And in week 12, there's a few times where Kyle Allen got time off of maybe play action or really good protection up front that he could go deep to DJ and hit him, you know, mid-level yeah. for a 52-yarder mm -hmm. and then the real long bomb for the touchdown. Um, so those are there. But uh, you got to check down when there's guys in your face, uh, when your life's on the line, when there's possible <laughs> sacks getting ready to tally up. I don't blame the guy for checking it down to him no. because um, – and he threw it in really good places for him to catch it and run. And that's key when you're checking down to those guys. Um, if it's behind, if they have to turn around, if they slow down at all, that defense is so fast they're going to get on them. But Christian, you know, he hit him right spot to get there upfield. And, you know, that's – to me, that's a great first sign from Will Greer. Absolutely. And I can tell you guys right now, be prepared for 67 more yards worth of checkdowns. That's all Christian McCaffrey needs – to break this record, to get to a, thousand a thousand yards, thousand. to have a thousand thousand. He is 67 yards, yards away, yeah. receiving yards from getting that done. They're going to go to him early and often. I would not be surprised if he gets that thousand yards and he's he's out of there. You see a lot of Reggie Bonifant. I think that's the reason why he's playing and he's fighting. Now, he's going to want to be in there 
but you don't want to risk anything. And he's so good on the broadcast. They interviewed Christian and he talked about the martial arts training that he does Mm -hmm. where he's not, you know, taking any high impact blows. He learns how to, you know, slip that contact. That's what he does. You said that. The beginning of the season. Can I get a good hit on him, man? He said it he, really is true. He plays offense. He plays defense playing offense, or I don't know how you said it, yeah. but you said he's like a boxer. He is. He and knows he how to take punches. hits. He never gets rocked. Nope. He, it, did you know he once, did martial arts training when you said that? I did not he did that, but you can see. Look at you, It's Al. the slight. You know who was the best at it, and the reason why he's the all-time leading rusher? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's Emmett Smith. Emmett wasn't fast. It wasn't. Was he another 22? Yeah, he was number 22. Hmm. Elusive? He just knew how to avoid those big hits. Uh, great spin move Emmett had, but Christian's much like that. He catches it in the flat, and there's two guys there, and I'm thinking, man, they're going to sandwich him. He's like He's going to have to die. take a hit. Yeah. And for what – I don't know how And they end up it. hitting each other. They end up hitting each other, and he slips right through those tackles. And, this is and amazing. Christian is the best at when contact starts to happen. Get whatever you can get and get first downs and mm-hmm. get yardage. So many times receivers catch it in open space and they want to backtrack and spin and do this and they end oh. up losing five yards and they had the first down. Now they don't have the first down. With him, it's he's on a whole nother plane in terms of his knowledge of the game and what he has to do and where he has to go. And you're exactly right. He does not get these big blows that, that hit him and you feel like he, he's able to bounce up a bunch of times and he, he's never slow to get up. Um, he's just a different level, and I think people really miss the ball coming out of college on him of what they thought would be productive for him. Because he can't run between the tackles, remember? You know what? He's a little shorter, <laughs> and he's white. And That's the truth. That was That's it. That, it, it, name, it name the next. Uh, if you can remember any other white I don't care if you're a, a white scout, black scout, whatever in the league. You have these That's preconceived it. notions that you don't even know you're going to, that you're thinking, uh, you know, a guy like Chubb's going to be better, you know, Fournette, Josh Jacobs, though. yeah, Fournette was the guy that he was kind of being. Oh, exactly. right. He was picked before him, and, yeah. and mm-hmm. who's had the better career? Who stayed more healthy? Who has been more productive? Clearly, the white guy. Not even close. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> you think that'll change the way that maybe scouts? Yes, move and sometimes forward. you need somebody to break that, a mold. That breaks that breaks the mold. Uh, same thing with Lamar Jackson. Think about the MVP candidates. Oh my right? goodness! Yeah. Three black quarterbacks. And it love took it. a while for In that. a white running back. Love it. I love Those it. You go back awesome. to, to Williams with the Redskins as a quarterback, yes. right? And then Warren Moon. Um, Randall Cunningham. They, but still, they were like the one-offs. And then now it finally seems like Even Cam. it's accepted. You People know, that, weren't accepted of you know, Cam. There's, there's they more didn't black like quarterbacks the in the league than there's ever been, I believe. And I think it's just fantastic of what they've been able to do. Yeah, they've done a great job. Deshaun Watson. I mean, the, the game is – it's kind of – trending towards what they're doing in college more athletic guys and it doesn't have to be black or white but guys that because you look at josh allen and and, and i keep saying mitch trubisky i think he's still a heck of an athlete but he only played like 12 or 13 games <laughs> at carolina yeah. so he's still learning the game too those guys are elusive not in the same way that aaron Rodgers slips through the pocket but they can run if they mm-hmm. need to tuck it and run and josh allen mitch trubisky those guys are big guys too if you don't bring your big boy pads they i mean they can put it on you so i, I love what christian's done i love how, the way that uh, Lamar Jackson has added on to what Cam Newton and Michael Vick and those types of guys, Dante Culpepper, uh, Donovan McNabb, all those athletic quarterbacks. It's not 
a taboo thing. It's right. not a guy that you're going to say, well, how long is his career going to be playing like that? Yeah, this he's a running quarterback. Win an MVP, and he's going. I mean, he's going to. He's number one team in the AFC. We'll see how far he can take this team. In the I love playoffs. his attitude. Yeah. Also, I yeah, love his and, attitude. And speaking of Lamar and that team, and I, you know, I put a plug in for um, Greg Roman. To, to come down here and be the next head coach. Uh, I think he's been seasoned Absolutely. over the years. He's been in a lot of different systems. And he always seems to find a way offensively to get the most of the weapons that he has. He has a unique weapon in Lamar Jackson. And I can't think of a better guy that if, if he's getting that offense playing at such a high level and scoring those kind of points, I know Lamar's a special player, but there's some unique talents here that don't fit the mold. You right. got Christian McCaffrey. You have a Cam Newton, hopefully, that's coming back. And then you got kind of non traditional receivers. They're not your DJ big. DJ Moore that turns into yeah. a running back when Right. He and Curtis yeah. Samuel, like a creative mind that can find ways to get those guys the ball more because we know we got what we have in Christian. Right. Those guys are special. They're mm-hmm. special athletes. We saw it during training camp when things are, you know, not the, you know, you're kind of throwing everything out there to see what you got. But then we've kind of fallen back into the mold of give it to Christian, pass it to Christian, a few balls downfield to those guys. We don't really get to see them truly take advantage of their unique skill set. Yeah, they do. And and again, I'll go follow you on Greg Roman. What he that offense has that's very unique to me. Three tight ends, three. Hmm. Mark Andrews is lighting it up, and I think they have um, Hurst, um, kid out of I believe he's out of South and Carolina. They're all in yes, there. yes, yes. They're they're all in there. They're all first round draft picks. Uh, Andrews is out of Oklahoma, and they're dangerous rep weapons. They're matchup problems. I look at the Eagles and what they have in Goddard and Ertz. There's multiple tight end sets. The teams that are successful. You think about these playoff teams. It's a lot of tight ends, and, I, and, and that brings me to Ian Thomas. I was going to say that he got his chance at the end of this football game. <laughs> this dude is the real deal, man. He, he, he's he's got to find ways to get him the gotta ball. Got to get him involved. He is great with it in his hands, and he is a steamroller. Uh, if he gets, he catches it in stride, I, I wouldn't want to tackle him. Yeah. No, he's, he's a big dude. dude. We see him pregame. I'm always shocked yeah. how well-built he is. He's not a slightly built tight end that's going to shy away from contact or a long-rangey guy. I mean, he's, he's a big he's, frame. He's a bruiser. Business decision to tackle right. yeah. him, right? <laughs> That's right. <Those> Business <laughs> decision. Safeties have to think about well, it. You were talking about Greg Roman. Apparently, the Panther, according to Adam Schefter, ESPN, oh, the Panthers interviewed Mike McCarthy up in Indy. So, he's a guy who's been studying analytics. This is while they were up there. They so interviewed who, him. Who interviewed him? The Panthers did. Really? Yeah. I'd love to hear that. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, we'll see where it goes from here, but that reportedly, uh, you know, because I think there's a formula. You know, bring in a good defensive coordinator that you trust. Um, you know, and with Greg Roman not being a head coach yet, maybe if someone's a former head coach, it's a great defensive coordinator. Maybe the model like the Rams had with Wade Phillips that brought them success for the last few years. So we'll think, see. We'll have a lot of stuff. He's to talk had about. what this yeah. year to kind of regroup, and I guess he's been what doing all this analytics work. Yeah, and you, you know, saw the Tepper ESPN loves special. analytics. I mean, he is. If there's ever a coach that's politicking for a job, I mean, he's done it. He's he has done it the right special way. Special where they're all camped out somewhere, and they have the whiteboard up, and they're you're right, Kelly, doing the analytics, and they're breaking down film and assessing talent. Uh, he's I got think a whole he staff is, ready, right? Yeah, he's. I think he is the the great mix of old school kind of discipline that Tepper may be looking for, mm-hmm. but the you know that analytics base where he's going to bring in some younger guys and some older guys around him that are going to think about the game in a different way. We all assume it's going to be a younger guy that is mm-hmm. into the analytics, but it could be a, a older guy 
that uh, could bring the same thing to the table. It's about philosophy and not necessarily trying to separate guys by and old a- and young. And age doesn't matter. No. When you look at the success Carroll's had out in the Seahawks, right. I mean, he's an older coach in this league, but he gets his players. He relates to them. They're 22, 25-year-old mm-hmm. men. He doesn't seem old to me. No. He does not. He it's does full not. Of energy, yep. Yeah, and I, I think you know I think you see that same way with Harbaugh in, in Baltimore. You mm-hmm. know, he just seems to have a good handle on the team and his guys and how to motivate them. And um, so that's that's what this Panthers team needs because it needs a clear, strong voice. It really does. Um, we've there. seen how see things have just gone sideways for this team after they let Rivera go. Um, he was kind of holding together with band aids and tape and you know, the team that he had in front of him. And, and now with that gone, you're almost seeing it kind of fall apart. Do you think maybe that's kind of what Tepper wanted? Let Rivera go. So maybe, you know, I mean, you're not going to flat out, we're going to lose, but if you lose, it helps your draft. And I, you know what? I draft pick. Maybe I knew I, that was the glue and just to go ahead and. I'd love to see a great performance. Cause I hate the saints. I think anyone that loves the Panthers, you, that's your next thing. You hate your rivals with intense passion. Uh, but in this game, if, if they were to lose, I think it's just an even better draft pick. You get in that top 10, there's a lot of good quarterbacks and a lot of good talent. There's defense. I mean, there's some impact guys that may fall to you. There's some great yeah. defensive players out there that could really help the defense out if that's where you want to go with this first pick. So, um, you know, this year, you know, last year winning in that game, you know, cost us four picks, but we still got a good win in Brian Burns. I think he's got all the potential in the world. But being in the top ten, when the Panthers have picked in the top ten, I mean, Marty's nailed it. Like. Jordan Gross, Keekly. Peppers, Cam Newton, Keekly. I mean, they, they, they've just been so productive when they're that the hot top 10 pick. McCaffrey. Yeah. Was <laughs> that his pick? Yes. No, or was that I don't know, Gettleman? Was, it was Gettleman. But it was Gettleman. That was a Jerry Richardson pick. Really, you could probably look across the league. It's, you know, first-round talent's usually paid off really well. Probably the one you're taking gambles on is when you reach for quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And it's such a quarterback-driven league. You understand that, that, that that's going to happen. You're going to miss on some. but. Right. Um, they have a chance to absolutely nail a great player that could add an instant impact to this team. I think so. The draft is going to be so quarterback heavy at the top. And you think if you you know get anywhere inside that good. top ten, you're gonna you're gonna have some studs there. There's some good players on the defensive line. You guys are getting interior. giddy over here. Yeah, so it's, no, it's going to be good, and I, I can't wait to kind of dig into that and break it down and and figure out once we know exactly what that pick is going to be. Yeah. Who could fall to that spot? I'm telling you, those quarterbacks are going to fly off the first and I, I five picks. Going to be two or three of those guys. Th- I think this roster is in better shape than it was in 2001 when it hit rock bottom, and they end up uh, picking with Julius Peppers yeah, second, and then it hit rock bottom again in 2010. I think with two and 14 season, mm-hmm. they got Cam Newton, and mm-hmm. it's the end of the decade now. And it to me, it's really hit rock bottom because they're yeah. just they're not playing well at all. Um, you know that this pick could really make a difference for the next ten years for this team and be somebody truly special. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I mean, you hate to see them lose. I don't want them to lose against the Saints. I agree. I have that competitive hatred for all the guys in the division, and just want them to see them go out uh, with the fight, and mm-hmm. go out with a great performance. Yeah. I think that's the thing we'll be able to hold on to in February through the combine in March with free agency in April, you know, into April, May with the draft that we put something on film and we could point out a couple guys that you can build around. I think you have that foundation. You have that core now. Um, but I think Kevin said something earlier, man, you need to throw it all against the wall. And you need to see, let the mess just drop down and yeah. get them out of here. Just get them out of here. Isn't you don't 
David Tepper is not waiting on those guys to figure it out. I think they know right now the guys that they cannot live with and cannot move forward with. They're going to add some pieces. And football happens fast. You're not that far away from it. You can look at college. I mean, we've been around Charlotte and what they were able to do, um, turning it around really quickly. The NFL, look at the 49ers. Now, it took a while for the 49ers, but they were bad last year. And then Mm -hmm. look at them this year. So it doesn't take long. I think – think this team is is they're they're closer than we realize and so there's some hope it really is chemistry of what dialing in what this team needs and the right right fit in the locker room a lot of changes coming but the best the best teams they're tight there's no negativity coming out of their camp there's there's no uh infighting anything like that not that the panthers are doing that it's just you see that typically with teams that hit rock bottom that there's just so many issues with this one i think it's a collectively so many things that have gone wrong with the injury to Cam Newton to start this thing out, the shift to the three-four scheme, some of the time it's just been some big-time decisions or issues that have come up with this team that have caused them to fail. But I get to the point that there is a lot of talent on this roster, and right. I don't think it needs to be you blow up the roster. Um, you know, I think you definitely get a strong coaching staff in here. Let them analyze what's worked. Uh, get information on guys you know behind the scenes that of scouts and marty herney or people that have been here and Mm -hmm. you can get a a good diagnosis of what needs to stay and what needs to go maybe talk to you guys chemistry comes with time we're talking about making a good team chemistry comes with time and i believe you do that by draft classes Mm -hmm. so the guys that come in together the julius peppers and the deshaun fosters and Mm -hmm. colin like those guys come in together you know they they're really good i look at this indie offensive line and in the studs they have up there those guys are starting to grow together when seattle was really good all those guys were drafted by the seahawks there's not a bunch of free agents on that team so they go through uh those battles those growing pains together and we have some of those pieces but if you can double down on that with another solid draft what's going to happen is those guys are going to take their lumps together over the next year or maybe two as they become solid in their second, maybe third years, it's going to be a good football team. And they team. become solid units. Yeah, yeah, units. You can't go out there, like Kevin said, and try to get the biggest name on free agency and try to plug him in to a team where he doesn't know anybody, does not familiar with the city. You know, he came up and was praised by another city and franchise. It's not the same, man. Mm-hmm. We've, we've bounced around. I mean, you can make it happen. Our chemistry came. We were a bunch of mis- misfits. So <laughs> that's how we were able to be good. It wasn't uh, that draft. It was like, all right, a lot of us are on our last few years. We got one shot. Let's see if we can come together and, and see what we can do. And that the and new that coach worked. the new mm-hmm. coach got to come in and make guys buy in, um, buy in and earn their way in. Mm-hmm. And you don't come in with pre- – I mean, maybe – you know Luke Keekley and Christian McCaffrey, a few other – a handful of guys. But, you know, I played with George Seifert in that 1-15 in season, and I hurt my knee that year, so I missed a bunch of games. And I was the starting right guard that year. When we opened up training camp in two, uh, 2002, I was third-string left guard. And I'm thinking, I'm done. This is – you know, new coach came in. He wants younger, better players or whatever. And I had to earn – my way onto that team and it, it was good i got to prove myself and it teammates knew they could rely on me and i earned that spot and that's how you build chemistry it's 
the guys that you got, the guys that you draft, and they get indoctrinated into your system and the discipline and all that. And I think Coach Fox did it great when he first got here, and Rivera did the same thing when he yep. got here. Um, but over time, your coaching staff kind of erodes because people pick them off when you're having success. Exactly. Um, if you don't replace them with the right guys, you don't keep that same culture going. I think Rivera hinted on that. We may even talked about it on the show here yeah. about, um, you know, he wished he would have kind of reinstituted the culture that he really wanted on this team like he did when he first got here because there were so many new faces yeah. and so many older guys like TD and Peppers and, and other players walking out the just door with all Khalil. that experience. Yeah. Exactly. So for me, my experience uh, just being here with the Carolina Panthers, what made a difference was that Coach Fox at the time, 2002, our defense coordinator, Jack Del Rio, said, hey, this is, this is open competition. I don't care. I don't know any of you guys. We did some evaluation, but y'all were just one in 15. So it was fairness that played a huge part in me feeling the connection to Jack Del Rio and Mike Turgovac, um, obviously John Fox, that I can go out there. If I worked hard enough, if I performed up to level, that I had a chance. When you do that and guys feel like you're a fair, because it was hard. Man, that 2002 training camp, was brutal. Wasn't any of that CBA rules where you only mm. have 14 practices. We probably knocked that out in the first six days. Two days and pads. Yeah. So it was burn. about fairness and was about that work. Like, we respected that. He knew when to back off. He knew when to push when we needed pushing. But you knew it was fair. If you went out there and you were one of the best 11 that deserved to be on the field, you had a chance. And that's about culture. That's about starting a new coach. It's going to be a new, new um coach here and he's going to have his own way and philosophy of doing things and if you don't fit that culture you're out of the door that's how it works well as we we're kind of winding down what about here. our surprise kevin yes that's what i'm getting at because i'll preface this by saying christian mccaffrey should win the mvp lamar jackson's having a stellar year but he's got 11 pro bowlers on that team um he has a lot of pieces around him that have helped him have a ton of success he will win it. I know everyone here knows he's mm -hmm. going to win it this year. Another good game for him yesterday. Started out very slow, but then came back in the second half and delivered the win for his team. But to me, MVP, most valuable player, you look at these teams and who's the most valuable player on that team and is important. And we might not have a win if it wasn't for Christian McCaffrey. Or, or, or touchdown. Or any point. I mean, 20, 20 <laughs> touchdowns on the year, obviously. I think he's gotten um, all those yards, everything he's done to keep the chains moving. Mm -hmm. And so in honor of that, and it is the holiday season, that I'm coming in, I'm thinking, what can I do positive to, to end this show? Because I knew it was going to be very negative. And we didn't, even hit, we didn't even hit on special teams. So we're not even going to oh. get into that subject, bless, okay? Bless, bless. So here we go. You'll know this one when I start singing it. So it's just a little impromptu. I, I threw this together before the show. <clears throat> Hit it. You know Olsen and DJ and Curtis and Turner, Thompson and Jackson, Boston and Keekley. But do you recall the most famous Panther of all? Christian, the true MVP. Yeah. Had some pretty famous moves. And when Lamar saw him, he knew Christian was the MVP too. Like a light bulb. All of the other scouts used to laugh and call him names. Like they never knew guy. that Christian could dominate in NFL games. Right. Then one season, Eve, to start, 
Newton came to say, Christian, with your moves so bright, won't you guide my team tonight? The how the NFL loved him, and they shouted out with glee, Christian, the true MVP, you'll go down in his story. Nice, absolutely. Christian McCaffrey is the best player in the league, period. Amazing. Lamar is the best guy on the best team. That's how it works. He'll win it. But Christian McCaffrey is historic. We'll and never so forget this season. My hope is that he gets the offensive player of the year. Yes, that'll um, balance they, it out. They do that, and because of what he's meant to this team, the production he's had, the touchdowns he's had, and the impact he's had on games, surrounded by disarray, chaos, coach getting let go, you know, the last quarter of the season – to me, he is the Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah, the real MVP, Christian McCaffrey. What a season. We'll remember that. That's a great way to end it. Yeah, I, I, I can't top that. If I would have known, we would have known the writing. words, we could have tried yeah. to harmonize with you, but it wouldn't have been a surprise. That was shocking. That, that was, was good, Kevin. That's good. Better had, than you thought? Yes. You were a little worried? I had worried? no idea. I was, I'm never worried. I, I know you can come over. Because you trust me. You trust. It's trust. It's, it's our unit. We trust you. That's right. I was impressed with the writing, though. You could have a whole other career. It came together very quickly. You know, it, it, it uh, was good. And when you have a good subject to talk about, that's what's inspiring. Makes that's what easy. got the creative juices flowing and said, I need to do an honor, something to honor Christian, because a lot of people in the NFL aren't going to do it because mm. they're all in awe of, of Lamar Jackson. He's Lamar, having a great Lamar, year. Lamar, Lamar, Yeah. Well, we'll be watching. We'll be tuned in against the Saints at home. Again, 67 yards short. Um, passing reception yards, getting that thousand yards for mm. the third person in NFL history Count to do that thousand, thousand, thousand rushing yards, thousand receiving. That's, I'll be tuned that's in. so cool, and we get to witness it. I love it. I love it. The ATM, right? Automatics, yes. at least 67. We know what we're going to get. Yeah, that's right. All right, well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Carolina Line. Be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, rate, review, subscribe. Panthers may not be winning, but we're always winning over here. That's right. Yeah, happy holidays. Happy, happy holidays. Happy holidays.